Hello everyone, before we get into today's podcast, let's talk about the most recent benefit news. Yafa? Today we have five benefits news topics that brokers need to know about. The first one is that the new Ontario Premier, Doug Ford, has started to slowly roll back parts of the OHIP Plus Pharmacare program. The OHIP Plus Pharmacare program was something that Kathleen Wynne's government had brought in place January 1, 2018, which would allow coverage for prescription drugs for youth under the age of 25 years old, whether they had a benefit plan or not. So the change that was announced just this past week is that Doug Ford's government is saying that if a youth actually has coverage for a benefit plan, that benefit plan will be the first payer, and then OHIP Plus will be the second payer. So Bennett Plan's take on this is that it's going to be a negligible impact to business owners. Um, I think you should be net neutral. You should not be happy or upset. It's really just a tiny impact to the bottom line. Uh, Number two, the Human Rights Tribunal recently sided with a teacher who claimed that his health and dental benefits terminating at age 65 was deemed discriminatory. Um, We've chatted with some employment lawyers, Sherrod Coos. We also chatted with um, one of the large insurance companies, and they're still holding their breath here before they change their contracts because it still could be appealed. But if it is appealed, um, it was just a decision on health and dental. There's no decision on disability or life yet. So there would be no change today, at least, to group disability and group life contracts. Number three, in the United States, Amazon purchases startup PillPack. So it was an online pharmacy. Um, Although this doesn't affect Canadians today, we should just keep an eye on this trend as it could creep into Canada, although Canada has its own separate pharmacy laws. Um, Number four, the CLHIA G19 Commission disclosure. We're still holding our breaths here because it seems like it continues to change, Um, but that said, I think brokers should continue to think about disclosing their commissions, fees, Um, all compensation that they receive from insurers sooner rather than later or think about having those conversations with your clients if you haven't already done that. And number five, last but not least, Beneplan has finally completed our 2018 uh, dividend season and so we have paid $2.3 million in dividends to business owners that were closing out. (laughs) Thanks, Sofian. So since the year 2000 that we've started doing this, we have re-injected $14 million into the economy in southwestern Ontario and the GTA. Let's go. All right, back into the podcast now. Thank you for tuning in today's Beneplan podcast. My name is Sufyan Sheikh, Beneplan's Digital Marketing Manager, and I'm joined by Jag Manotra, partner at Mancha Financial, and Yafa Sakeja, CEO of Beneplan. Guys, welcome to the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about a very, very important topic, an interesting topic of succession in family businesses. Both of you guys are entrepreneurs and both of you have had fathers who own businesses and now you're stepping into this new sort of a business and you're trying to do things your way. How can you essentially help your business last for the next 20, 30 years? I'm going to ask both of you guys a very simple question. Uh, how did you guys you know, begin or like start this journey of being in a family business? So first off, I want to say thank you guys so much for having me on the podcast. Um, Yafa and I will always get together and just like mind map a hundred things in the world and always discussing things so I think this is gonna be a very natural conversation and there's gonna be a lot of value provided for the listeners so um, so I got in in a way where it was voluntary and uh, you know I after university I had a, a marketing company um, and I was doing all sorts of cool things I had a very amazing blessed like kind of young professional at the beginning right after graduation career I was doing like public speaking motivational speaking I, you know I did a TED talk um, we had some like um, online marketing uh, campaigns that went viral before virality even existed. 
So like before Twitter, before kind of like Facebook and stuff. So we had a couple like I had a couple videos that were like 10 million, 12 million views. And then we started designing those videos and those campaigns for other companies. Then we started getting hired and then I got to have a small staff and a bunch of freelancers really together working out of maybe my, my, my basement in my house. Um, we set up a little house, a little studio, a bunch of creatives just kind of like, you know, right fresh out of fresh out of university and like taking the world, you know, by, by its arms. So, so it was really nice, it was awesome. And like I was, I was actually being paid to speak at, at, at the peak of it and, and getting paid like decent money enough to like take my girlfriend out for uh, a weekly date night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now it might have been like half price movies, right? On Tuesday, <laughs> but... And, <laughs> and so that's literally where, you know, one day my, my father was at the time and still is, you know, very successful in his field as an insurance advisor, uh, he took me to a Raptors game. I must have been, I don't know, 24, 25 years old. He's like, yo, it's actually wicked because a lot of my friends have heard of you. You've got great name recognition. You, you know, you've got, like Google says, you're like a pretty like like high key guy, right? But he's like, you still can't afford to sit next to me at the Raptors game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's literally like probably the first seat. And he never really ever pushed me into the business because he was like, yo, you're talented and you're going to figure your life out. And in some ways I was. And, uh, and so then it was just kind of like, okay, cool. Like what else does this old man have to tell me? <laughs> so then I started spending a little bit more time with him, going to a couple more games and you know, his seats are quite nice. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, I uh, see him on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tab is, uh, is definitely uh, a staple, uh, at, at, in the ACC or what the Scotia Bank. Scotia Bank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scotia Bank. Okay, fine. <laughs> I agree. Next podcast. <laughs> As I'm spending more time with them, like, then it's just like, okay, Tav, yeah, you know what? I could help you make this process a lot easier. Simple things like reaching out to people, simple things like utilizing technology to scale his communication and, like, to be in more places than once. Um, Even simpler things like how to manage a schedule and reminders and things that he just hadn't had in place, um, yet he was so successful. Um, so I, as I started spending more time with him, literally a day came where I was just like, man, there's so much opportunity in the family business. And I asked him, I said, how would you feel if I joined? And he said, well, first off, I think he started blushing and gushing because it's like probably his dream forever for me to come and say (laughs) that to him. But then the second piece of it was like, he's like, it's not going to be an easy ride. He literally told me like, forgive me now because I'm going to be a pain in the ass to work with. And you're starting from the bottom. And yeah, so like you guys introduced me as partner, but I'm happy to say within two years, like that's how much growth exists within a family business. Like you can start at the bottom, but in two years or three years or whatever, you can earn your stripes because a family business just needs so much. And unfortunately, sometimes it's like only blood that can really like go through and untangle all those knots that exist for like 30 some odd years and like really take things to the next level. So I'm happy where I am, and Yafa, your turn. (laughs) (laughs) That's an amazing story. I didn't know that about you. Um, Yeah, so I got in the business actually involuntarily, and I admit that I never chose insurance as a career. I was working in consulting, and then after that, I started my own company. So we have a similar, um, I guess, backstory, but I, I started a wellness health retreat company, and I did that for a few years, and I really just wanted to be my own boss, and... So, you know, I learned the basics. I learned, like, how to make payroll, and you have five employees, like, what do you do? And this customer's upset, and, you know, the resort is not working. And 
So, I mean, yeah, when we talk about putting out fires, I don't know why I choose to put out fires, but I do. Um, And then at some point, I think, um, yeah, it was really like looking at the way my father was running his business and thinking, wow, we have so many tools now at our disposal. Why are we still using pen and paper? Or Mm -hmm. why are we still using humans to type things into things? No disrespect to the humans. We love them. They're great people. But, I mean, there are all these tools that seem so natural to us as millennials and Um, so I first thought, okay, I'll do one small project for you just to help you because it's natural and easy for me and I can do it in my sleep. But then after I saw what the product was that we were promoting, this, you know, mutual dividend based insurance, um, I fell in love with it because then I saw us being able to deliver dollars to, um, other business owners. You know, half of our clients are probably family, family businesses. So Growing up and seeing my father struggle to make payroll when I was, you know, four, five, ten, twelve, whatever, like you just witness this stuff, and then seeing one of our brokers delivering a thirty thousand dollar check to a business owner, and that business owner saying, like, you helped me get through payroll this month, I was like, aha, I get it now. And so, you know, the fact that, like in twenty eighteen, we've now injected fourteen million dollars into the economy in wow. the GTA, is like, I'm like, that's wow. actually not bad of yeah. a business. Not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Where, yeah, where, you know, people think insurance is this big, bad, evil thing that, you know, makes you unpopular at parties, but when you actually look at the stuff that you and I do, Jack, on a daily basis, you see that you're helping businesses, and that creates employment, that spawns, like, yeah. you know, a lot of immigrants in yeah. Ontario and the GTA trying to make it work, and, you know, our parents are first generation. Yeah. Uh, or, like, you know, they came to Canada, and... Or was it your grandfather who came to my, my grandfather, Your grandfather, yeah. right. And yeah. my father came. So, so I don't know. That kind of stuff just made me get goosebumps. So that's how I got into the business. And then now I'm still here. So yeah. I got in that way. But I mean, I want to ask you, Jag, about the whole concept of succession planning. Yeah. And, you know, what do you see with um, when you look at the landscape of other insurance advisors? So where do I see it going? I, I, think, I think, first off, this industry is so misunderstood. It's at a place where, like, there's a big divide between, like, you don't, insurance is one of those things where it's like, you don't know you need it until you need it. And like, you don't even want to talk about it until you need it. And then you wish you had it at the time you need it if you don't have it already. Mm -hmm. And, And if that sounds confusing, that is literally our industry. And it's a bunch of like, kind of like, let's talk about death all the time. And then let's talk about all these morbid conversations. And then, oh yeah, I'm just, like you said, I'm just here to socialize at your party. Right? (laughs) So, so like, it's, it's this big flux of it. Right. And, and so the industry, I think needs, it needs a new, like kind of mantra and it can't be the morbid conversation. It's not about, uh, it's not about in the event that you die, that you're protected. Like no one wants to talk about that, but it's about like just planning, planning for success and is planning for legacy, is planning for whatever your your goal is. And so I think where the industry is going in terms of succession is, well, first off, I think a lot of people are going to be bought out soon. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because you have two choices as an, as an advisor. So first off, there's an alarming stat. The average age of an advisor in Canada is 58 years old. And last year alone, I think, last year, I think, or the year before, I think it was like 52 that means in the last year or two years, like a whole bunch of young people just exited the industry. Mm. And so the average age went up to 58. Any young people that were there left. So now you have all these, these, these dudes that are used to doing business a certain way, like, like instead of like, hey, send me you know, the website where I can go register for this thing or I can 
they'll be like, no, send me that paper form that I can fill out, scan and send back to you. Like that's literally what makes up the way of doing business in this industry. It's just so old school, it's not digital. And so with the average age being so high, the other stat that's pretty alarming is that there's 85% of brokers and advisors out there that don't have a succession plan for their business. That's crazy. So they're in the business of succession planning, yet they don't have a succession plan for their own business. Why? Why do you think that is? I just think they, they never, I don't think they ever thought about it. I think it was a good ride. I think it was a good ride. And at the end of their, at the end of the ride, it's like either, either, either their kids weren't interested or they didn't do a good enough job bringing like a succession plan along with them. Unless like, you know, at some point, like you and I, we just like, even if, you know, Mark was twisting your arm and saying, yo, you have to join involuntarily, but like, luckily you fell in love with it. Otherwise you would have exited too. Yeah. And so he had a way of like, he put in time and effort into like ensuring that you saw the benefits of what you were doing, the impact you were having in the world. And I think the same happened for me, right? And unless there's, unfortunately in this business, black hold, like people don't understand it. And it's like, it's hard to understand, like from the outside sometimes. So unless you bring someone along in in the family, like a lot lot of these businesses will just get sold out. And that's where I see this. It's either you have a family business in the insurance as an advisor, or like you're probably selling your book. And so when you think about the businesses that you see that do it right, so what are those advisors doing differently um, to build a succession plan versus ones that might have just enjoyed the ride? Like are there discrete steps you can take to plan? Even if you're 58 now and you're yeah. thinking, do I want to sell or Br- Bring in a protege. Like there's so many young guys out there, right? Like say you don't have a family. Say like, you know, maybe your kids are already on their, on their path to becoming doctors or whatever, whatever it is they like, you know, their heart desires. My sister's a doctor, you know, and no matter what my dad told her, like she would never have joined the family business. It just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. She wanted to, like her heart was set there. But in terms of like tangible things, like, like we, A, being open and then B, like bringing on a protege that's like eager, hungry, and just wants experience. Bring them in, take them to your meetings with you. Have someone with you at all times that's like, taking your notes, helping you with some paperwork, like just being there around. And I feel like that's literally how you and I got roped into this whole thing. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, if you're not blessed to have a kid yeah. or somebody who's interested in it, where where would you find a protege like this? So like you can you can go as far down as like interns. The way Tav entered my father, how he entered the, the industry was through a pitch he got at, I think he went to Sheridan College. And like in one of the seminars, like, you know, two guys from insurance company showed up and were like, yo, here's a rewarding career. You can be your own boss and like, you know, you can be your own boss, you can work at your own pace, you can make a crap load of money. You interested. <laughs> it was as simple as that. And like and like that, you know, Tav had one or two other offers, but like I think he ended up going with the the insurance offer. But it wasn't even like, you know, funny story, just a side story. He didn't even know that he was getting a sales job. He shows up on day one and, and his manager comes and puts four books on his desk. He's like, okay, you got to study for your license. Like, what license? He's like, well, you're going to be an insurance broker. He's like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, you got to go sell insurance. He's like, crap, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. And he was nervous, right? And, uh, but like, you know, ultimately glad he stuck with it because he's built a, a storied career. But yeah, like I think tangibly, like really finding young people that are out there that are hungry, motivated, that don't know what they want to do. So go recruit from a UFT or a Waterloo or a, you know, Ryerson, and just find young, hungry individuals. And I would say this industry primarily, 
Like you got to be a hustler. You want to be moving. You got to be. You want to be moving, shaking, kissing babies. You know, shaking hands. Like if that's your lifestyle and you don't want to be a politician, then insurance advising is probably like second best. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you get to be a lot of social events. And what about you? What would you say? I mean, I find it interesting because the classically trained, like the London life model of let's hire an army of twenty-year-old men from university, train them our way and they all have one consistent training like that's no longer there because you know that model had captive sales agents that would only sell the london life product and then when you saw the shift in history of people now being able to leave that insurance company say i can sell everything i'm not captive i'm i'm a broker i can broker anything like you almost i agree like there's a huge absence in that knowledge transfer because now um, where are these people? Where are these lone wolves who are getting licensed now by themselves? Where are they going for knowledge? I mean, they're going to uh, brokerage houses. They're going to MGAs. They might be going to um, TPAs. And and it's there's a huge gap in just being able to transfer that knowledge. Yeah. And so I think it's a shame. It would be silly to have amassed you know thirty years in some cases of craft of mm-hmm. how to distribute this complex. Um, you know, misunderstood product to people who truly actually will find value to it. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of succession planning, it's I find it's never easy because even there are challenges with family business. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are the challenges are stark. I mean, on one side you have um, you know that your partner has your best interest at heart inherently, whereas when you're partnering with maybe a non-family member, you would have to make sure that you're writing that down and you're contracting yeah. all of that out, whereas we don't need to contract that with our fathers. Like, it's assumed mm-hmm. we operate in the best interest of the company. Um, but then that <coughs> said, there, I think there's a lot that we take for granted. Jack, you mentioned that uh, the average has, has increased in the industry from 52 to 58 for brokers and that younger people are exiting. So how do you make insurance sexy? How do you uh, essentially attract new clients, new brokers, and like show them that, listen, this industry has been complicated for decades now, and we're trying to modernize it. How do we make it better? Because both of you are essentially pioneering this new industry. Both of you are spearheading your own divisions. So how do you make that change? You know, from my perspective, because I'm a female, I think a lot about it from the female perspective. I think we have absolutely a shortage of young women becoming brokers, too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's great. Love men, right? But I think it's just good to have balance. And, Perspectives. And also, I don't think enough women understand how good of a career it can be. You know, I think about a woman who's in her late 30s, early 40s. Maybe she took four years off to have her kids. She's been out of the workforce. She maybe feels like she's at a disadvantage. Um and she's not sure, does she get retrained? Does she go back to work? It would be nice to be able to work from home. I mean, really uh, opening up your own insurance brokerage is an amazing way to earn a really good fair market wage, um, sometimes above average if you're able to work above average. It's an amazing way to be able to control your own schedule, pick your clients, work from home, and then leave a legacy for your children. But I have conversations with young women all the time about even women who are in the industry right now, maybe working for a big company, and I ask them, what would stop you from starting your own business? Right. And it's always risk for them. It's always mm-hmm. the fact that in the, if you're drawing a curve of the long tail of how many years you have to work for free before you start to 
earn a living, and then it's then several years before you're able to sit on the floor at the Raptors game. I mean, people see that and they get terrified. And so I think, you know, how do you get people in the business? I honestly think we need more backers. We need more brokerage houses and people like you and I maybe to say, I'm going to front and incubate businesses yeah. or I'm going to support a succession plan because otherwise it's like you have this huge vacuum of people that would have been really great in the market. Um, I mean, maybe for men as well. I mean, anybody that is slightly risk averse and thinking because you really like when you think about that window in your life when you are able to work for free for yeah. several years like you know people think they, they see the commissions and they're like oh wow you're doing a good job well yeah but that also captures eight to ten years of underpaid or minimum wage labor that that person had to put in time and they had to they also had to work two or three businesses i mean my dad didn't do this only i mean yeah. he he was hustling <laughs> other things on the side and I remember my mother for years we were little and she was like you need to stop this thing because it's not paying us um so I think young people need to understand like a there are many people out there who are happy to incubate you like you're saying you know if you're looking for a succession plan finding a mentor Mm -hmm. um but I think we need more backers in the industry to show them that it can be sexy and and I think like the other part of it is we need just need more collaborators so like as the day you and I met like the energy was real, we're on the same wavelength, and it's just been real ever since, right? And I think like now we're like trying to do things together, right? And thank you guys for supporting our golf tournament. Like everything we do, you guys are part of it, and everything you're doing, like, you know, we're factoring to be part of it. And when we move together, and then our good friend like Ali Dalla, right, Fanil, who we're like just figuring out how we're gonna work together, but like we already know we will. Mm-hmm. But it's just figuring out like the young people that are that are in the industry and are you know making moves. It's like how do we come together and and make moves that will inspire other moves, right? Or or even create room for it. There might not be space, right, in the industry today. There's space. Well, there's sp- there's a lot. <laughs> there's let's put it this so way. much space. But I think, but I think the door to get in to that space, like I think there's a vast I amount see. of space. The door is just so small. Like they just made this industry not look sexy. Oh, I the, see. What this you're industry saying. is just very. It's a complicated product. It's morbid. It's a morbid conversation. The way of work, the way of like the good practices of the business, the common practices of the business are just like very outdated. And continuing that conversation, so you said the door is smaller, so how do you make that door bigger? We're talking about digitization these days, right? Yeah. How can digital technologies help, I guess, propel us to have a bigger door? <laughs> like, like we but have, what does that mean? So for yo, someone like, who doesn't understand yeah, like, like, digital technologies. I, okay, so I'm like very practical, in my, and I'm, you know, I, I don't like to complicate my own mind with technical verbiage, right? So like, just take what we're doing right now. Like, the business that you're in, where Mark started, now yeah, the Afazoo podcast right now. Any and every medium exists for your voice to like speak at scale. So what's next for you? I mean, what are some of the projects that you're working on? Big thing right now that we have coming up is a big golf tournament. Very, very proud uh, of what we've put together. So we're raising money for financial literacy programs for kids. So we talk about succession planning, we talk about all that. You know, kids don't have, uh, you know, you learn about science and, and, and like, diagrams and, and like and like math in school but whoever talks about like what a mortgage is or whoever talks about like even like what a TFSA like bank account is so in school you're not really getting much financial education mm-hmm. so our thing was okay cool like how can we help marginalized youth with like the financial education they need to like you know survive and like elevate and grow and like prosper and then how can we also help like 
kids of family businesses, for example, and how can we help kids that perhaps go to like, perhaps on the other realm of it, go to private schools or something like that. Like, what do you need to know with like the stuff that's coming your way? How do you manage your finances? What's your outlook? These are the bank accounts. These are the different sorts of like, what's an RRSP? What's like disability life? What do you have? What is your fat? Like all of that. So we're basically like starting this discussion. Last year was our first year in the tournament. Um, and we, we had like three or four, I think three financial literacy workshops last year where like people like Michael Weckerly from Dragon's Den, uh, Bruce Croxon, uh, Carl That's Wolf, um, like seven, eight NBA wow. players. Like it was like, <laughs> it, like, like unannounced, like we're on CP24 in the morning and then like the mayor shows up. Like it was a, it was a really big event, it was at Glen Abbey, but this year we're doing it again and it's even bigger. And so we've got just as many celebrities and more. Uh, it's, at, it's on August 1st. It's at Glen Abbey Golf Course. So if you're a golfer, uh, reach out to Sufyan or, or Yafa and, and we'll get in touch. And then we're doing a big after party this year at the Ritz-Carlton. So how can people register for uh, the golf tournament? Yeah, go to, go to manchafinancial.com. Mancha, M-A-N-S-H-A, financial.com. M-A-N-S-H-A, financial.com. And the information's all there. Um, and actually, Bennett Plan, uh, I'd like to thank you guys because you guys are a big sponsor of ours this year. Uh, we're very thankful, but I know you guys share the same passion we have for the youth. So yeah, hit us up if you're interested. It's an invite-only thing. It's a good clientele. You'll get an invite because of Yafa. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you for being. Yeah, I'd like to thank both of you for joining us in today's podcast. Uh, Jag, do you want to mention your Twitter and Instagram handles for our listeners? Yes, uh, my, my Instagram and Twitter both are uh, at Turban Gentleman. Thank you for tuning in today's podcast. If you like us to talk about a specific topic, please drop us an email at ea at Also, be sure to follow us on our social channels on Instagram at beneplan.ca, Twitter at beneplan, and Facebook as Beneplan Cooperative. This is Sofian signing out, and I hope you have a great day.